0: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Adequate. Our ongoing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something a little bit better. To review every Star Trek series and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boldly go where most other YouTube shows about Star Trek have gone before what is this science officer cyanoid? It's a Tuesday and there's a new episode of Trekking Up North. (laughs)
1: It feels weird. Like, it feels like we're we're meant to be chatting as though we haven't seen each other in a week. And I'm like, I just saw, I just bloody saw you. You know, we we, we just bloody did this and now we're back, you know.
0: Good evening, Treks and Trekkers (laughs) and nerdy up north nuns of all ages. Welcome to a very special episode of Trekking Up North on a Tuesday. Because those goddamn people at Paramount decided to release an episode early and went... You know, you've got a schedule with guests <laughs> straight <laughs> out of the window. Yes, I would like to <laughs> apologize straight out of the gate because we were going to have the very lovely joe Dove from Spectrum Sanctorum on uh, to Jotov, uh the oh. Dove from above. Oh. Cool, cool. Oh. We were gonna have uh the lovely jaw on uh to review episode seven of strange new worlds but then paramount released it early and it's this is sort of been hashed and hob- hobbled together how, to get this back
1: pal- how good is it though that it's like it's kind of it feels like christmas it feels like we've it's like you know when you get the advent calendar and you get two chocolates for one day and you're like oh don't this was a, I do. this, this was a special.
0: juicy double layered chocolate Of the Belgian (laughs) variety, so yes, it was
1: it was a Troy esque chocolate Sunday. Oh, so yes, um,
0: Joe. I I will I will say this. I will say this first. We need to get this out, Joe. Sorry that you couldn't be on this week. We would love if you would like to. We would love to have you on the musical episode Subspace Rhapsody next week. Um, So I will send you a message. But yes, apologies. Yeah. (laughs) How are you? Do we have to do
1: the whole thing through song?
0: Do we have to do the whole? Should I review? do? Should I do the monologue? Is it, as a musical <laughs> overture? That'd be
1: so good. Let's do it. <laughs> okay you've got you've got three days to work this shit out i've only got
0: three days
1: <laughs> oh come on you oh. can write a musical in three days damn it
0: oh god how does andrew Lloyd? how does andrew lloyd Webber do it oh yes mountain of cocaine how are you <laughs> <That's> uh cyanoid
1: <laughs> make, make yours better than andrew lloyd Webber. then but, uh, no, like I was saying <laughs> earlier, it feels weird. It feels weird chatting on with you and being like, oh, all the things that have happened, and it's only been like three days. But oh, it's God. Like, yeah. Which is kind of spooky. But um, yeah, uh, things are going well. Um, We had Northern Pride on the Saturday, and I got total social, social burnout, basically. Uh, I thought that not doing drag for Northern Pride would allow me to just kind of be able to just you know, drinking and stuff and instead I just spent the whole day saying hi to people instead of like chatting and it was lovely but it got to like 7pm and I was like I am I am sick of people <laughs>
0: you know When you get to our age guys 7pm is pretty darn late to me <laughs> That, that oh, was the thing oh. Everyone
1: else was like oh we're going clubbing and I'm just like oh, no, yeah, no I'm far too old for this. Not, not with so, my I, ankles I did a bit of it I stayed out quite a bit I stayed out <laughs> till about sort of half eleven and I, no, about eleven and then I was just like uh, I'm getting Last Metro, <laughs> which is a cop-out, but it's cheaper than like a 30-year-old taxi. So it, it really I was is. I just like, I'm drunk enough, let's just go home. Um, but yeah, it was good. We got rained out though. Like, uh, mm. uh, yeah, it was totally soaked. It was everyone who struggled through on Saturday, well done. That was incredible, but like, bloody And then on the Sunday, uh, I didn't bother going because I was basically totally social. I was like, no, (laughs) I'm staying in the house, I'm watching some DS9, I'm painting some Warhammer, that's my day, (laughs) you know. Uh, And I set up the rest of the videos for Joe's podcast, because I'm going to be on the the off-the-shelf in... Not this Friday, next Friday. Very exciting, guys. Uh, that should be fun. So I was getting my Warhammer collection put together for that, where we'll show it off. That's... We'll probably advertise that on the things.
0: Yes, that's yeah, our but... friend at Spectrum Sanctorum. They do a series called Off the Shelf. Uh, Sinoise will be a special guest, and he's going to be flogging his wares to the <laughs> Am Americans. A
1: special guest or just a guest? For, like
0: a bloke. <laughs> <laughs> it, it... Here is
1: a homeless person that we have put on the internet.
0: You'll see him. He is from the north with an F. He's
1: from the north, the north. But um, <laughs> did you go to the nerdy up north meetup on Saturday? I
0: didn't because I am poor. I <laughs> I graciously decline. I would have loved to have attended, but I had to graciously decline because one has no monies. Um, so guys, if you have disposable monies, please send them uh to me. <laughs> to to you? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. Put the- them in a boot. Throw them in goodwill's general direction. It, what... it,
0: call it a gesture of goodwill, um, because <laughs> fuck me, I need it. Um, I am it to the that wall. Bad, man. It is. It man, yeah, it's that bad. Yeah. Damn That's you, funny. Thatcher. Anyway, <laughs> let's.
1: But uh, I I managed to ca- accidentally. I wasn't intending to go, but I managed to bump into a few of the nerdy up north people at a uh, monument because I was literally on my way to meet a mate for breakfast before going up. And doing the Pride March at the Civic Center. And basically I was walking past Monument, like Lee Lee sort of came up to me and I was like, Oh, hello. So I was having a chat with a few of them oh, and then like, sexy like I'm, I'm not meant to be here. I'm not meant to be staying. That and... that's sexy Lee from the Discord. Oh, daddy. Daddy. Hello, Daddy. Mm. Daddy Lee. Oh God. Da, da. Is it? Oh, hang on, hang on. You're a bad influence because already I'm, bad, I'm of like, perving mean. over Lee and I'm perving over Adam. It's like who's going to be next?
0: Adam, be... that fifteen foot tall behemoth that wrote our oh. theme tune and is currently writing our second and third theme tune as we what? speak. There's more of them. And there may be a hint of the third theme tune because it might have heart that's got a lot of faith in it. Do with that information as you will, but I will be using it. I
1: haven't been involved in any of this, and it's brilliant. <laughs> that's right. I'm really excited about this. Mark. Okay, how Mark. has your week been, though, aside from being poor and being worked hard? It has to- only t- been... T- tell me, t- okay, tell me three good things that have happened to you since the last time.
0: <clears throat> the Strange New Worlds Episode seven. Mm-hmm. The lower deck season four trailer, Ooh. and I went to sleep. <laughs> Hang on, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> what's that again? My that usual show? my usual Friday tradition of going to sleep to Sir <laughs> twitch as he plays cards in Final Fantasy VIII, <laughs> and it's lovely because you get the card music. It's like what was it? And then and then it shot and then, and then, sand, the so noise is sort of starting going. Hmm, if I get that card and I do that card, and it's just like, yes, it's like ASMR for my brain <laughs> to hear noise playing cards. It's just like, yes. Now is your time to shut off.
1: <laughs> it's it's really it's really bad because it's like literally realizing how crap my maths is. Because like I don't if you haven't seen the stream in Five Hundred and Eight, there there's a card game, and one of the rules is basically that if the numbers on your card there's numbers on all four sides of the card and if they add up with the cards that you're putting them next to on both corners then it has a trigger effect where it chains through but you have to be fully aware of every card that the opponent has and every possible combination there is on the board where they could put it and cause a chain reaction and I'm just like so you have to look at everything and count the corners and stuff and yeah it's far more difficult than i can manage on a friday night after doing the trek
0: after doing this podcast so and occasionally there is a ufo that abducts a cow
1: or <laughs> all, all the pyramids or you know
0: all the pyramids. You know, um
1: we're actually gonna do i'm gonna put an actual facebook event on for the pizza party this friday because since i'm gonna be getting pizza i thought everyone else should get pizza so what we'll do is after the trek podcast we'll all get pizza and then we'll watch me complete
0: hopefully complete Final Fantasy VIII on the stream. And then the UK's supply of cheese shall be diminished for one day. Mm. Anyway, shall we get into what I believe is the greatest standalone Star Trek episode since 2005?
1: You might be right. You you may well be right. Guys,
0: this is is Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 Episode 7 TOS. That's right. TOS stands for those old scientists. That's a reference for you straight away. So, yes, uh, star date 58460.1. What? Hang on a minute, Captain Goodwill. <laughs> That's not a TOS era star date. No, it isn't, you sad bastard, for knowing that. This is the next generation era because we see the Cerritos warping in. Entering orbit of the Cromath B planet, home of a time portal, and we hear Ensign Bradwood Boiler Boimler Boiler Boimler. 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 It's begun already with the miss <laughs> speaking. He's excited to do some checks on a time portal, which is on Cromarth B. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: hold on. You seem to have missed out a key thing. What about this? Is that this whole segment is animated? of course it's Lower Decks yeah no but you know the fact is this is just the most amazing thing where anyone who hasn't seen Lower Decks who is watching Strange New Worlds is just going to be like what the fuck is going on because the whole you know it literally does the recap of here's the important stuff you need to know from the previous episodes and then immediately just becomes a cartoon and so there must be people watching it who are like what what's happening uh, yeah, and it's fully animated. It's got all the voice cast. We get little cameos, small little cool characters in a, in uh, in lower decks and stuff. And it just felt weird. Like it literally, I I checked Amazon, I checked it, and I was like, "Hang on, am I watching Lower Decks?" <laughs> okay. It
0: was amazing to see to to load up because I I got the the uh, the 4K version of this, and just to see the Ceritos warp in. After you've got Strange New Worlds like previously on, and then the Strange New yeah. Worlds opening, and it's just it's like jarring, thing. it's very jarring. But as uh Boimler says, they are in orbit of Cromalth B uh, to check up on a time portal which was discovered by uh Pike and his crew uh, of the Enterprise or the second Enterprise, as he says, around about 120 years ago.
1: Mm.
0: Mariner couldn't really give a shit because <laughs> it's Mariner. And it's just a dumb portal. But like Boimler says, it's been 120 years without any activity. It's due. And he's like, (laughs) and he's trying to convince Mariner to get more excited. Because he's like, come on, you've got to be standing in the very spot that Uhura was, you know, like Uhura was standing. And you love Uhura. And Mariner's like, well, I love Uhura because she had a life outside of work. Mm. And uh, I... I love the fact that Rutherford comes in and he's like, the only thing. I love Rutherford so much in Lower Decks, where he's like, he's excited to scan for Teleron radiation. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I love scanning new things. And I'm intending to just go, ha, science. <laughs> well,
1: I, I, th- I think the, fa- the fact is, this whole scene, like, you know, obviously them being so silly, like, you know, yeah. them being massive science nerds. Uh, what's her name? Tendy. Tendy. Yes. I always think it's Temba, And then isn't that a. His isn't arms
0: a- wide.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just like, and I was like, no, it's not. It's not time but No, attendee. No, um, you know, like, I just love that they're massive science nerds, but it's the idea of how clever this scene is mm. where it tells you, it gives you an introduction to Lower Decks if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And the kind of humour and the kind of outrageousness of the characters where everyone's at about 300% all the time in order for it to translate to like the the main episode and they do it so well it's just a wonderfully paced
0: thing well rutherford and tendy are also like the opposite of mariner who just does not is not enthused whatsoever has been an ensign for a very long time well the the
1: whole point though is mariner is an ensign because she doesn't want to get promoted Mm. because it's an easy job yeah she's comfortable you know they're talented enough that they could be they actually it's a bit like me where basically they they could do anything they wanted to if they wanted if they did but they're like no actually this is pretty comfortable let's just stay here yeah <laughs> and you know it's you know and everyone else is like really struggling to sort of like do things and they're just like no i'm here because i want to be <laughs>
0: i i'm comfortable in my job i just want to get paid more so i could buy the super 7 thunder tank which has just come out Is that what you were talking about earlier? Oh my god, yes. Sorry, quick. (laughs) First tangent of the day. Super 7 have released a... Oh my god, what I think is about four foot long Thundercats Thunder Tank.
1: Bloody
0: hell. And it's £500. (laughs) And I have got nowhere to put it, but I don't care because I want it. And Paul has promised... (laughs) Has promised... there wasn't
1: a pinky swear. I saw no pinky swear.
0: It. I've got verbal. I like got. I've got written. Written. Like confirm. I've even screenshotted it. I've got written hold confirmation. On, on. Let,
1: well, if if he argues, we'll just say a contract is a contract is a contract.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll bring in the laws of acquisition for him. When when we start making the mega books, he's gonna buy me the thunder tank. Yay! <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> but um. <laughs> yeah, back to the I show. Love that was a random thing. I know, yeah. Class. Yes,
1: okay. Thunder so, Cat's thunder so, tank.
0: so, yeah, Marinette has been uh, put in charge of the landing party. Um, and Boylew is naturally pissed off because he's like, well, why have you been chosen? I don't know, she says. Ransom just wanted to basically piss me off, I guess. <laughs> and uh, because, you know, it's a boring time portal with a boring thing. So they beam down to the planet. And, mm. you know, Yeah. Tendy says that this Orion, uh, this this time portal was was first discovered by her by the Orions. Boimler immediately disagrees and said, "No, no, 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 no. This was discovered by Pike and his crew. Mm. It's clearly stated. No, no, it was my great grandmother who discovered it." And yeah. Boimler gets maybe a little bit bigoted to basically say, "Well, weren't all Orions at that time just pirates? I didn't yeah. hear of any Orion scientists." And really pisses off Tendy. I mean, I would be pissed off. Yeah. If, you know, if someone said, "Oh, well, all of your..." relatives were just scummy Irish people that drank all the time. And it's just like... I
1: hmm. mean, that's a bad example because, you know... They but... were. But... <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. uh, <laughs> there was a link to the Titanic, though. So, hmm. And then they <laughs> murdered Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, no, Lee Harvey Oswald murdered Kennedy. And I'm related hmm. to him. But anyway, t- second time... T- 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 yeah, yeah, second time... That, that's a 23 and me <laughs> conversation later on. Um, this episode's broken, you could Yeah, well. it, it broke it's broken me. So yeah. It's so good. So yeah, made but, un- but Tendy gets really pissed off at Boimler mm. just assuming that all Orions at the time were pirates and dismissing mm. the fact that it was her grandmother and a crew that discovered the time portal. Tendy storms off and then uh, Rutherford gets really excited because he discovers uh, uh, traces of heronium in the time portal now heronium is an element that was used uh, to build starfleet ships of the era of captain archer Star Trek kind fries and x-classes and bondler is,
1: is that is that real law or is it just something that they've injected I in now because i've no, never heard of her i've lore.
0: never heard of it either so i right, think okay. they may have retconned it be- <laughs> yeah, they go, because Ooh. they've said you know oh well Starships of the NX class, you know, they were light, durable, and just the right shade of grey. And I'm just <laughs> like, mm, yeah, I get it. Um, so, yeah, Boimler does an impression of Spock on the portal. And then when Rutherford tries to take a holo image, he inadvertently activates the portal using the holo emitter and then Boimler just gets sucked right into this portal and then gets just yeeted out in a live action scene on the other side of the portal lands right in front of Una Laan and Spock and straight away <laughs> Una's just like we got a problem <laughs> yeah. holy shit though holy shit well, though that is
1: an amazing intro though where it, like transitions from you know animated to live action And then just, you know, and it kind of sets the tone of the episode,
0: which is everyone looking at Boimler being like, oh, God, what is this? But can we mention the opening credits being fully animated? (laughs) I love this. And I love what I love the most. And literally, right as I'm talking about this, the sucking nacelle creature from the Lower Decks opening is attached to the Enterprise most of the way throughout it. As soon as I did that, a little tear came to my eyes. Because I was like, he's alive! He's alive in this era! He just looks at the camera, he's like, (laughs) as he's going past us. Oh, I fucking loved it. I I geeked out over a nacelle-sucking creature. Oh my God. I loved it. I I think it's wonderful
1: that we can have an episode like this, bringing the two things together because they're so loved. Like, Lowadex has been such a massive success. Like, I don't know how the world has been such a massive success. And it's kind of. Because I, I genuinely didn't think that Strange, uh, that uh, Lower Decks would. I didn't think it would be a massive success. I thought it would be like a two season, oh, that was a fun little thing. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it just really and took now off. It's kind of, yeah. Like it's, you know, they've had a DS9 episode where they basically oh, had, like, yes. you know, they had Quark and they had Kira and whatnot in it. They've had, oh. like, all these little things. I've had little tie ins with uh, Prodigy. And it's just it's just so good like going oh wow this is like part of the family and then and then you're like yeah yeah but it needs to keep its own thing like it's a vacuum where things can go into it and be referenced in it but it can't really be referenced outside of that because a it's too far in the future for the rest of them and b that's animated this uh, the others are live action well no prodigy's not but you know Yeah, yeah, yeah um and then this one just goes, no, no, it doesn't matter that that's animated and this is live-action. We can still have a crossover. Yeah. And that's what makes this so special, that they did it so well.
0: <laughs> it's... Lord, I mean, Mike Mike McCannon who's the showrunner, is, again, is a hardcore Trekkie and knows his shit. And, like...
1: You have to to get all the gags. In yeah, but the,
0: very much... And, and I think an element of, of Picard season three took from Lord X, where it's like you can make references but do it in such a fluid way mm. where maybe not like not so hardcore fans or casual viewers can just laugh yeah. at the joke but then people like us can go ha it's spock's helmet from that toy in the 60s yeah. or like you know just arbitrary little characters here and there like from the next generation and voyager and stuff like that mm. and it's just like we get that and then we get it on a deeper level And they 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 do it so well, and it's like people. I mean, I get I had people coming up to me about Star Trek Picard saying, "I have never seen any Star Trek at all." I watched Mm. Star Trek Picard, and I was so engrossed in it. Yeah, and I believe Lower Decks is is, yeah, and I think Lower Decks is the same thing because it's it's sort of like, uh, what do what do they call it? Um. Preach, not preaching to the choir, but like A homage. Uh, no, a it's pastiche, uh, it's fan service. Fan service. So it's what? it's fan servicing, but then mm. it's also like bringing in new people who who've never seen it and are like daunted mm. at the fact that, oh my god, you know this is like God, and a lot of people say like, lower decks and strange new worlds can be your two entry points into Trekdom yeah without doing it because they will educate you and they will teach you about the laws of standard the laws of alien races and stuff like well, that <clears throat> well that's the wonderful thing about the lore of trek
1: is that you don't need to know all of it to enjoy the show anything that's really important will get sort of uh, explained in the episode because mm-hmm. of good writing and anything that like is just a throwaway reference is like not mandatory Mm. but if you get it then it's more fun like people who only watch lower decks and like um strange new worlds are probably looking at all the other track and then watching like next gen or whatever and then being like oh that's what that is like in this episode like people you know there's mentions of wharf there's mentions of q there's mentions of like you know different drinks and stuff and you know, the people aren't going to know what they are, but then when they watch TNG, they're like, Oh, that's Q. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah and it's... I think that's, that's great. Like, you know, referencing that like Orion's are all pirates and stuff. You're like, well, kind of, if you look at, you know, yeah. uh, you know, this um,
0: enterprise. I have, um, this. I mean, God damn this, this episode, like I said at the, at the top of the show, this is probably the greatest episode since 2005. <laughs> and, that, and that's considering we've had Picard season three and season one yeah. of Strange New Worlds, holy shit, that's a call. However uh, the second scene is started two two nine one point six. So we're in the strange new world era now, and they were on the way to setlick Two to deliver grain, which is specifically made for that planet. Um, however, they discover the time portal and meet a time traveler. And they reference yeah. the combat straight away, and it's like it's not just a badge; it's a communicator. You just press we- it, and Pike's like, "Oh well, flipping it open is the, is the fun part." And Noonan's like, "I know, I didn't." Yeah, like I don't remember them.
1: So they'd never used the badge as the communicator in the original series. No, they,
0: they would. They were just sewn on. They had
1: communicators. Yeah, yeah. They that's it. Because the... that thats when he said it. I was just like going, they've never flipped a com badge open, but
0: you know. It's, yeah. So the communicators in this era, what Discovery did was use them as dog tags. Hmm. So on the back of the badge, it would have like your your name, rank, and serial number. And then Section 31 in this Mm. era were using the badges as communicators because it was referenced in Season 2 of Discovery because, oh, what is his name? Michael Burnham's love interest, Season 1 and Season 2. He presses his badge and Pike goes, oh, well, that's new. Um, But, yeah, so they still had the the flip-open communicators. Mm. Uh, Back in sickbay, Boimler wakes up immediately believes he's on a holodeck, pokes yeah. Pike and he goes, never mind. And I, no, love- I love
1: it. I love it. He immediately wakes up and he's like, computer and program.
0: Yeah. Never mind.
1: And to them, they've never seen a holodeck. They're no. They not have any clue what this is. It's exactly.
0: <laughs> and I love the fact where, because I mentioned it to you before we started recording. I love the fact he's like, oh my God, you're, you're like, and he looks at Meg and he goes, oh my God, you're, hi, you're Chris. <laughs> I, yeah. I love Jack Quaid's performance all the way through this episode.
1: I think, I think everything about this, like when we have the, like, I was kind of complaining about the Spock episodes in mm. that they're a comedy of errors where it's like, oh, what can go wrong now? But this is the perfectly, this is a perfectly telegraphed comedy episode yeah. where, you know, when you think, okay, when you think of, okay, time travel and Trek, it's always been a case of, okay, be careful don't do anything to disrupt the timeline it's really important like we had the lan episode where she time traveled where it was really just going hey don't do anything you could really mess up the future if you like do something and then this episode basically goes okay so knowing that here is the most incompetent person in the entire (laughs) world and a person who gives no fucks about anything mariner and they're the people who are sent to the past and everything Boimler does is literally just like, oh, don't touch anything. Touch. You know, and, like, just the amount of, like, leaks about the future he gives in this scene where it's literally, like, them listening and, like, Pike just being like, nope, no, no, don't tell us anything, you know. It's hey, it's
0: so me... perfect how fucked they are. <laughs> hear know? me out. Hear me out on this. I'm going to make a bold claim for you right now. Bradwood Boimler... Uh, Boimler is I know Bradwood Boimler. Um is Arnold Rimmer but nice. Mm. Beckett Mariner is Lister but clean.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll agree with that. I'm not I'm not sure about Boimler being Rimmer because the thing is Boimler's talented. He's a doofus. Yeah, but, he knows but he's, what he's, he's doing, Rimmer. Whereas Rimmer is literally shit. He's like, Rimmer. Rimmer literally didn't pass the officers exam. Yeah, it, like, but that's
0: what I mean. He's he's Rimmer, but talented and not a dick.
1: But that's all Rimmer is. Like, Rimmer's literally an untalented dick, and that's his character.
0: <laughs> but he wants to go up the juggernaut, lick, lickety split. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like this idea. Of, okay, so it's Rimmer, but you take away the fact he's a twelve and you make him talented. You're like, that's Ace Rimmer. That's literally... <laughs> oh my god, he's Ace Rimmer. It's a whole different character. <laughs> Smoke me a
0: kipper. Um.
1: <laughs> anyway. We yeah, tangent, tangent so tangent. they know that... We're not doing very well without the chat keeping us on track. Sorry,
0: chat. Sorry, chat. Sorry, Beth. Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Nerdy Up North. Sorry, Mark Cartier. Yeah. Sorry, anyone else? <laughs>
1: oh, God, imagine if Mark... had oh, I can't wait to hear what Mark... Mark ha!
0: Mark, we're going to have fear for the heart as our theme. Nah. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I've got <laughs> <of> the <heart. laughs> Why do I sound like, like Louis Armstrong? Me, <coughs> that went a bit Bowie. Sorry, okay. sorry. I went Louis Armstrong. You went Bowie. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> practically uh, the same person. Jesus um, anyway, so, okay. anyway, so they <laughs> know. They know. Bed. They know he's from the future. So he drops his facade really quickly. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm freaking out, freaking out. Una comes back with his badge and he immediately freaks out. Like He he, he gets very standoffish with Una, doesn't make yeah. eye contact with her. Um, they go to set up some quarters with him and he leaves. And Una's like, does he know something about me or my yeah.
1: future? It, it's the thing is, his whole thing is to A, keep it secreties from the future... B and uh, not influence anything and C not raise any
0: suspicions, and he fails at all three
1: in about yeah. a minute because
0: <laughs> Laan's educating him like all through the corridor, like you can't do this, you it's like a butterfly effect, you don't want to cause ripples, and he's just like, <laughs> <wolf's> on her. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: it. And he's like, oh, hang on, you don't know who oh, that is yet. Oh crap. <laughs>
0: I love that, but there's a lovely little scene with, Le- uh, with uh, La'an that basically says, you know, don't get too involved with anyone from the past, and he's like, is it, like, sort of a new rule? And it's like, oh, La'an, we know you've got the hots for Kirk. We know. Which is
1: good, because she better keep a fucking pause off my Sam, basically. moustache,
0: daddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a meme that's going around about Spock and Sam Kirk and I can't do it because it will spoil I, people who's not you, seen the you original You were telling series. me
1: about these memes, like this meme oh, thing the, the other day and then I saw one the other day and it made me laugh. Just that me- whole
0: scene is so good. Back in but, the yeah. ready room with Boimler, he sees... he's. I love the fact that he's like, Ensign's Log started the, uh, yesterday. Uh, no, started the, the past. past. Um, but he sees... He, you can tell this episode... What's was, he recording it on? On his combat. You can do a personal... Okay. combat. I don't um, know he's
1: just recording it on their
0: computer, yeah. so it's going to be a massive, like, temporal breach anyway. You could tell this episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes because he sees Pike's saddle and immediately he just goes, Riker gets his leg over the saddle. I love the fact he goes, Riker. I'm going to start doing that now. Every chair I mount just be,
1: Riker. but I, I think what's funnier is that he's in this he's in this room we don't know what room it is he's like literally is pissing around with everything there and then he does that and then it cuts and a is just yeah, standing there and I it's love just like the... We we assumed he was just alone messing
0: around and i'm just like, nope, appraising he's, it <laughs> yeah,
1: he's doing it in full view of Aurora, who's trying to work and it's like oh
0: oh uh, and he's freaking out about uhura and then he gets called to beam down to the planet with umbenga and spock and he's starstruck about spock but then he's like he goes to, he, i love the fact because he's oh god he's he's me with purple hair because he goes to the tricorder, and he's like is that a is that a classic ts2 122 uh, and Embegger's like, it's a two twenty. Hey guys, that's that's the TS one twenty two over <laughs> there. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, and he's like, oh, I love this design, and they're so eloquent. And yes, they got smaller and powerful, but they didn't have like the chance to explode. And that little <laughs> that little whisper from is like explode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, but I love the idea of just like literally going into the past. And calling everything, oh my god, you got a vintage one of these, and they're like, no, that's just a thing. That's just one of them. That's (laughs) a thing, you know. It's not vintage yet because it's like uh, the current model.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they're trying to find out how uh, Boimler got transported into the past, Mm. uh, and Boimler says, well. Rutherford was trying to take on Hollar image, and obviously that discharged some particles which reacted with the time portal, and that's how he ended. I guess it was dumb luck, and Spock laughs, and it's like, it took me back to the laugh because it was like, "Oh, and I was like, oh damn, that's kind of freaky, and it does it, freak out boiler.
1: It's it, like, can we just say like how?" freaky they've made spock in this episode it's very freaky yeah it's just literally it's like it's like the movie smile where it just keeps randomly cutting to like spock just literally standing there like (laughs) and you're like what the fuck why are you looking at that and but the fact that boimler's genuinely terrified of it being like a this is not right and b that is fucking sinister it is really and spock's just like i'm humaning
0: yeah this is how this is how a human smiles.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then that bit where, like, Boimler tells a joke, and then like Spock just literally just laughs in his
0: face. <laughs> but then they get a call uh, from the Enterprise. You have to come back because uh, a ship has just warped out, and they believe it to be Orion. Mm-hmm. So Boimler again. Fan... No, I don't
1: think they think it's Orion. They I do. They just the they... ship. Oh, well, but then looks Boimler like... was the one who says, "Yeah." that... You know, yeah, it's it, potentially
0: Orion. Orion, but he converted because he gets onto the bridge and he's freaking out and he's like, "I'm <laughs> on the bridge of the um 1701, no dashes." And like, what would come after I, the dash? Like, what
1: what would come after the dash? <laughs> it's like, there isn't a there isn't an A or B. Or yeah,
0: i like I love the fact that Pike scored, um Mr. Boimler, right here, <laughs> stud <laughs> next like, to Daddy. <laughs> I love that. I love it though, because he's is literally doing what most Trekkies would do, and just like freaking out and fanboying about. He's like, "Oh, Artega, you're a war hero," and he's like, yeah.
1: He just says that, and you're just like, "Oh God!" <laughs> like, literally the temporal directive, and but then he just comes over and he just says stuff about people, that they don't know.
0: But then I start to fanboy at this point because Pike, being Pike, and he believes it's an Orion pirate ship, although it's not powered up any weapons or shields prepares a full torpedo spread. Mm. Boimler interrupts and says, no, I believe that this is a science vessel. Doesn't give it away. And Pike starts kicking off. was like, what are you doing? They hail... Uh, the, the ship hails them. Holy shit, Sanois. I freaked the fuck out. I did a Boimler because the captain of the Orion vessel is Joseph Seed from Far Cry 5.
1: is it? Is it? that is that
0: that is greg far cry five that was like five years ago was it
1: oh
0: what were the one you were playing the other day far cry oh yeah i've just finished it on twitch yeah yeah it's Greg oh, yeah, it's, is, yeah, yeah it's it's greg brick uh canadian actor and i was like i sat there and i was like holy shit, joseph seeds green and i was looking at it and i was like oh That's my natural god
1: color. he has to joker it, yeah he has to joker it up to go out in public and i
0: was like the father is an orion captain daddy and i was like oh my oh god. god and i started freaking out because i was like <laughs> i love far cry 5 it's like one of my yeah. greatest games of the of like the the previous generation and that's why i played it on guys for those that don't know i also do twitch and i my very first playthrough was far cry 5 non-stop so mm. it's a very like wonderful game for me and it's sort of like introduced people to how unhinged i am um so to see joseph c like greg brick in strange new worlds i was like this is like full fucking circle for me
1: i just love that in this one scene we get double daddy
0: yeah mm, yeah double daddy double d, <laughs> double,
1: d. Um, double d yeah we got we get double deed in this scene. yeah yes and I, I like
0: that yeah really takes <laughs> takes note so uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not so I, much I, I, of a game. I was
1: talking about earlier with the bloody the the stuff of the girl podcast, but I can't I can't mention that yet. But it'll come out in future weeks, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go off on a little tiny tangent, and I can't. <laughs> but I, shall I do it? Shall I do it? Fuck it. I don't even know if, we're, if I'm
1: allowed to talk about. So, no, this is yet. this is
0: nothing. This is this is okay, when we were at Nerd Fest. Oh right, yeah. So Sonoye uh, was at our first convention at Nerd Fest, where Nerdy Up North was a cosplay judge, and um, this is one of the reasons I love Sonoye so much, um, because he will I never. Don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, here. I'm gonna tell him. He will <laughs> never, he will never cease to amaze and make me laugh to the point where I need the lavatory. Um, we were entering people into the cosplay competition, and Sinai's had just turned up as himself because he's naturally fabulous. <laughs> And someone has said, "Who have you come as?" And without <laughs> blinking an eye or or, or any pause whatsoever, yeah. he just went, "A big gay." <laughs> I had to I had to get up from the table, and I had to walk behind the curtain because fluids were about to escape because <laughs> I was laughing that hard.
1: I, I think it's though, you know, like I think it's a, it's an
0: accurate cosplay,
1: really. <laughs> you know?
0: But then you did it, you did it at SunnyCon when someone said, when you, when you're, when you were, you know, in full drag, and then oh, yeah. someone said, "Are you entering the cosplay? Are you, are you entering the cosplay?" And you went, "No, I'm untalented." <laughs> and it was just so, I can't cope with it's you so and your. I can't cope with your comebacks. They are too immediate.
1: There was one, there was one in, I think it was in the uh, thing at at, uh, SunnyCon, and a woman was like, oh, what have you come as? And I was like, a disappointing egg. (laughs) But yeah, so... Oh, uh, they're fun, God. they're fun, they're fun. Okay, we need to get back on track. Oh, Sorry. Sorry, no, chap. We Sorry. are talking way too much. At politics. least it's not... Imagine de- the poor bastards watch it, listening to this on oh, Spotify no. being like, are they going to talk about the episode? No. We'll put
0: audio description. <laughs> we'll just put Paul Dubbing laughing out loud. Um <laughs> At least it's not uh, deuterium. So anyway... <clears throat> yeah, so... The the Orion captain uh, wants to know what uh, the Enterprise is doing in this area because this is Orion territory; it's rife for piratism. Um, and Pike just says, "Oh, we're you know we are conducting scientific studies mm. uh, about um, the objects on the surface of the planet." And <laughs> I love the fact he just beams up the portal and does a runner with it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he just goes, "Oh, yoink."
0: Yeah, and it's literally it's a, space a yoink. yoink. It's a space yoink, because they're just like, Captain, they're beaming up the portal. Captain, they're gone. And it's just... Yeah. Gone. Um, and then the lucky gives Pike as well. Uh, the lucky gives Boimler something. Uh, Pike gives uh, Boimler. Yeah. Where he's just like, they're not pirates. Oh, you. just um, nicked. Yeah, and the, I mean, the next scene where... Pike is talking to Una in the ready room, and he's just like, again, cementing the the daddyisms of Anton Mount because he says, "I feel like, I feel like I'm taking care of a toddler (laughs) who doesn't know how to behave himself." In reference to Boimler just constantly fucking up the timeline.
1: We, it's not fucking up. He believes he is. Literally going and like touching everything and just literally just needing constant supervision <laughs> and it's just like
0: it's so good it's such a perfect speaking perfect of thing. speaking of he's in the bar he's messing on with a pad and ortegas and chapel scare the ever-loving shit out of him and yeah. try and wind him up about uh space chronotons and the effects of time travel throwing up <laughs> shitting himself um and he tries to um because basically basis it was like oh so what's the future like do you have jet packs and chapel's like we've got jet packs now yes but are they smaller
1: it's like i've got we've got jet packs now and yeah, <clears throat> smaller jetpacks.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> but i love the fact because he, he cleverly turns it on to chapel and Ortegas where they're like you know so what's it like being on the enterprise you know this is the golden age of exploration and you guys get to live it and i'm, I'm jealous of that mm. um but then he lets slip because they're going on about movie night on uh, the subsequent Friday, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna have yeah. to come to movie night," and he's like, "Oh, you're doing it for Pike's birthday? Crap! <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't say crap at this point because he's like, "Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, oh, it's Pike's birthday on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And in the future, it's Captain, it's Captain Pike's day. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a national a, it's holiday. A holiday. Oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> I love that. And he's just, he just constantly fucking up in such minor little ways. But then Spock walks in and smiles at Chapel again. And he gets freaked out. And I love that. I absolutely love it. But it's even... So, it's so good. But then running to the turbo lift to speak to Chapel about Spock. And he's like, I think I've broken the timeline because I told Spock a joke. And I made him laugh. And I know <laughs> Spock never laughs or smile. And I read every book. Why is he smiling? And he's basically making Chapel feel un-fucking-comfortable. Because she's like he's kind of the reason, like I'm kind of the reason he's smiling and laughing and you're telling me that's yeah. not a good thing. Well,
1: it, it's more the fact, I think it's more the fact of she realises that her relationship with Spock isn't going to last yeah. because it doesn't last into the future where the Spock that he's becoming for her sake isn't what lasts into the future. Mm. And it's kind of put a bit of a dampener on things because she's like, oh, okay, I'm not the one for yeah. him. And you know and it's a bit kind of scary in that way but then again though like spock in this episode it's like i love i, I kind of like how they the original series had spock as a comedy character and like trek has always done that it's it's kind of is it kind of racist a bit where all the aliens are always
0: xenophobic
1: well yeah they're, they're they're like always comedy mm. where like the, the fish out of water, where it's basically Worf is hilarious in like TNG because it's <laughs> literally this Klingon warrior and then they just get him silly things to say or silly things to wear. Like he's like, I'm not a merry, ma- a merry I'm man. I'm not a merry
0: man. <laughs> good tea, nice house.
1: Yeah, good tea, nice house. Nice. All these silly little lines that work because he's meant to be this fierce warrior. And then, yeah. and then in the original series, you had Spock where Spock was always the one who was just saying unexpected shit. Uh, or reacting in weird ways and then it was like subjective like you know hilarity
0: yeah no back on it's it's
1: a shame for uh, it's a shame for Chapel here though
0: Uh, yeah I think she realises that it's not going to last uh, at this point which is I think it's a sad point of the the episode because back on the bridge Mm -hmm. they are struggling to locate the Orion ship Boimler immediately says well I can do it but what happens if I not tell you and you just turn around and I do it. Yeah, and I love the fact look. he's just got the bridge crew to stand at the back of the bridge away from him as he's just hooking up all the wires to find the warp signature. I'm like, oh my fucking God. And then he gets tangled in the wires.
1: Yeah, I I, I love this where it's literally, it's got to the point where they fucked up the timeline so much they suspect that they're like, fuck it, do whatever. You know, <laughs> just, oh, yeah. well, just do whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, they locate the Orion ship, so they warp into their vicinity. And Pike is all for kicking the ever-loving shit out of the Orions to get the portal back. Mm-hmm. Boimler implores a more peaceful solution and a more peaceful approach and yeah. implores on Pike's uh, benevolence, forgiveness, uh, patience, and really great hair. <laughs> and I love that, again, Spock as the comedy. just Spock yeah. just turning around, just going... And and just looking at the hair. But that is is an acknowledgement for Strange New Worlds fans there, because straight away out of the gate for Strange New Worlds, it was the hair. It was Pike's hair. It was the source of memes, adoration. I wanted grey hair for a period of Strange New Worlds season one, because I was like, heart damn. Yeah, I even, like, there was two roads I was going to go down. A long road. It was either going to be frosted Mm -hmm. tips, or it was going to be grey hair
1: okay I, yeah. went with, I, I went with i went with the, the frosted former. tips i think
0: the frosted tips worked really they're well. coming back they are coming are back. they they're coming back they're, they're making a comeback. season two of frosted tips is coming back soon <laughs> um so yeah so pike capitulates um hails the orions to talk Boimler again says you know orions they they, they respect trade you know don't make any threats or anything like that trade with them and I love the fact <laughs> the Pipe goes, any suggestions? Not you. Points to Boim. And he's like, fair, yes. fair. And then he just goes to Spock, can you just tell him that the Orions respect trade? And if we do, he's like, I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I thought the bridge wouldn't carry the... Sa- right. So, <laughs> yeah. But then, um, so they offer a trade and the Orion scan the cargo hauls and they're like, Ah, you've got a shipment of Quadra mm. Which, shout out to a Trouble with Tribbles in the original series, is what K7 has got a whole stock of and what the Tribbles all go. Nom, 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 on Ah! <laughs> Do you like is that? It,
1: it sounds yeah. lovely. It sounds lovely. Well, well the Tribbles sounds, loved let's it. Let's some of that with chips.
0: The Tribbles loved it. It's like rice Chris <laughs> It's like racicles. <laughs> Do you remember RICICLES?
1: RICICLES. They, like, they were basically... no. They were Rice Ricicles Krispies
0: were like, with diabetes on them. That's what yeah, they were. Yeah, I was like.
1: going to say Rice Krispies were basically shit Cocoa Pops, but then RICICLES were like a step ahead both of, the, of yeah, them. Yeah, you,
0: you had Snap, Crackle and Pop, which is what uh, Chavs in Sunderland are called when they're high on meth. And then <laughs> uh, RICICLES were like... The, here's here's Rice Krispies with a dollop of sugar that will rot your teeth, and like, oh my god, they were just absolutely del. If you got ricicles in a variety pack, you know you struck gold. You know it. You you're on mute. Still there around? You are
1: fine. You're back now. Sorry. Oh yes, I. ricicles... Riceicle. No, it's because I was pouring drink. Is what a Riceicle
0: still around? I don't know. Chat are ricicles... in a yeah. comment on the video below. Riceicles are still around. Send me a thunder tank filled with ricicles. That's don't, the demand. Don't, don't, don't send him. No, don't. <laughs> don't send him a thunder tank. It'll devalue the thunder tank. Send me a box of ricicles and a thunder <laughs> tank in separate boxes. So, yeah. So, they make a deal to give the Orions the entire shipment of Quadrature to f- in exchange for the portal. Hmm. Um.
1: And the, the Orions go for it. The they Orions go for it. Are very fair to them. I... I thought there'd be some trickery here. And then they just go, yeah, because the next scene that we cut to is them back on the planet mm-hmm. with the portal there. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, okay, the Orion's totally. You know, because I think that's the thing. It's the Orion's get a horrible name throughout Trek. Because, yeah. like, in DS9, we have the Orion Syndicate, where they're basically the biggest, they're basically the mafia, the mafia of space. Yeah. In uh, Enterprise. They're kind of coming up to it, where they're basically like a very, you know, the Orion syndicate's in it, but they're a very burgeoning power then. And yeah, they're always seen as bad, you know. Well, they
0: were an Enterprise because even the Big Show was an Orion. Yeah, you know, and he's just like he's he's an Orion slave trader.
1: Yeah, that's but, it. It's like Orion slave girls, and well, I think you got slave men as well. Ah, you know.
0: but that this is this is the plot twist, mon ami. Mm. Tis not the Orion women, whom yeah. are the slaves? Are the slaves, yeah, Tis exactly. the men. <laughs> that's the biggest plot twist you'll ever see.
1: I, I really like that because obviously sort of like the, the original series had Orion slave girls and then it kind of went, hmm, that's, that's not very PC. And yeah. then Enterprise kind of turned it on its head by being like, well, actually the twist is that they're actually the ones in charge. They use <laughs> their know? mighty
0: sexuality to lure yeah. the men. And, yes. Which I think is great,
1: but um, everyone
0: was thirsty in that episode of Enterprise, but uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, but we're back on the planet, uh, and they're actually going to give an attempt to uh, send Boimler back. Only but...
0: one attempt because they've got enough yeah. power. Yeah,
1: Spock says that there's only enough air of the particles left to do one actual attempt back. Yeah, and it's a bit standoffish. It's office. It's a bit standoffish. This scene because basically, like you know. Boimelot's like saying goodbye
0: and everyone's a bit like fuck off
1: you know everyone's a bit like well, I love G. the fact
0: Pike's like it's been a day <laughs>
1: yeah that's it he's like he's not even be you know he's not even gonna be like oh it was lovely to meet you he's literally like please go <laughs> yeah bye don't let the nightmare.
0: don't let the door hit you with the good lawn split yeah bye <laughs> but they power it up Boimler is yeah. making his last goodbyes and holy shit, he gets twatted in the face by a flying mariner who comes through the portal.
1: Holy, To save I mean, him,
0: to save him no less. To save him, yeah. And he's, I love the, oh, I love Beckett Mariner. I love Tawny Newsom. Again, another passionate Trekkie. But the portal runs out of fuel and... <laughs>
1: they basically out she gets up and goes like i've come to save you and then they're basically looking around and then the portal just wait like just closes in the background you're like oh god did
0: i time travel oh my god this is awesome but seriously is a hurrah (laughs) here no i i i wrote down the line she says because it's
1: amazing where she looks at like pike and everyone and she's like you guys are great but is a hurrah (laughs) here
0: and you can hear her in the background
1: going into a room going to any event and being like oh you guys are lovely but it's such you know fuck off all
0: of you i love the fact that like <laughs> pike's like trying to communicate like five to people and she's like "Ooh, ranks on the sleeves i don't know <gasps> oh look he's got the flippy thing look look he's got the flippy thing
1: <laughs> yeah it's i think this is what's so funny and what I, what i was saying before we started the episode is uh before we start recording <laughs> is the fact of this episode the writing does it so well oh my god yes where it basically goes, okay, we're going to do this in stages so that you can enjoy everything properly, where basically Boimler gets his own time in the sun where it's just him. And then Mariner comes along and it's paced really well so that basically we get to see, it it kind of ups the ante, where we go, okay, Boimler is clumsy and, you know, scatterbrained and a threat to the temporal, like, uh, uh, whatever it is you know like te- you know to temporal mechanics whereas mariner doesn't give a shit like yeah. mariner literally just comes out guns blazing being like hello here's what happens in the future like she does not have idg a a- yeah
0: anything. idg AF, uh, to the max <laughs> um because i mean i this is the shortest episode of the season, but it would not—you—you you would not believe it—with how punchy and how well paced it is, and how everything is just executed perfectly all the way mm. through. Because the next scene in the ready room, like, they're in the corner and they're like, "I didn't know where you were. You could have been in—you know—you could have emerged in a dystopian San Francisco in the middle of a riot." And then like, "I'm processing." Which that. is a reference to DS9. DS9, yeah. I'm <laughs> processing that, right? So I've sat there and I'm like. <laughs> That's a Gabriel Bell reference from DS9. And then Spock and Una are going, they 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 mention weedly like specific references. And I'm like, even that's a reference to the reference about and I'm like, oh my god, like my brain could not process it. And then it, and it's
1: it's so funny, just the, them just chatting on together and then the rest of the cast just being like what are they? What are they doing? Yeah, they saying and everything they say is effectively breaking the, the you know, the. But then she's directive. like,
0: then she's like, dude, young Spock is hot. Look at the ears. <laughs> look at the face. Look at the chest.
1: <laughs> I think mean, he's a Vulcan. He can blatantly hear. Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> exactly. And then they sit down, like they sit down at the table, and, like. And uh, they're trying to like, oh well, one time traveler is a problem. Two, tra- tra- two time travelers could be disastrous. And Mariner's just like, I thought you were cool. They are like, yeah, serious. Shut up. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they've got no I, more Herodium left.
1: I, I love, I love the, the the rapport between the two of them. Where it's literally, I've forgotten what uh, Mariner says, but like, um, <laughs> Boimler's just like, could you please just not? <laughs> and it's just like. yeah just everything about mariner's way is amazing both of these characters have been personified perfectly in like real you know like obviously they because i think it's the fact of the transition is seamless even though one of them's a cartoon where the actors aren't needing to do physical sort of movements or anything they just do the voice but then here like they're just like their cartoon equivalents where the way they're acting is the same and it's it's just wonderful, and like, the way, but bo- I really liked how um, Mariner's like reaching across the table, like she's so like she's so dramatic, and she's so sort of she's bored. She's in this meeting, and she's already bored of it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: because they they come to the con- like, they, they, they conclude that there's no more ironium, Uh there's mm. no more ironium in the quadrant. Uh, and then Marin is just like can't we just cook something up and everyone stares at her and like just the body like the physical movements where she just drags her hands across the glass table it's just yeah. like, <laughs> like that but then spock defends her and he's like she's like uh she has a point and then she just looks at she looks at bobner and goes that spark agrees with me <laughs>
1: It's it's just the the rapport between both of them. Like this is this is why people need to watch lower decks. Like I think there's something even more special about it being live. Yeah, action.
0: it's. But... I hope they do, and, <laughs> and I know it probably never will happen. I hope because you can only do it with um, Mariner and Boimlet because the actors who play Rutherford and Tendy look very different. Mm. so i i yeah yeah. so i hope i really really hope there is another time travel shenanigan years down the line with beckett and i
1: i am i'm sure after the success that this episode will have because we are fans and we are just in love with how good this episode is the the
0: banter between them both yeah the banter between them both but yeah so Spock latches on to the idea of cooking something up and he says it could be risky. And mm. then whilst they're doing that, they found some uh, ancient writing on the portal mm. uh, and they said Ahura is in her quarters trying to translate it. And this is where Mariner <laughs> finds her opportunity because she's like, oh, well, I trade in linguistics. I'll help Ahura. And, and like Boimler's like, y- you never, you never, tra- shut up, don't ruin this for <laughs> me. And then she, and like to take the heat off her, she volunteers Boimler to help Spock Yeah, and he's like, I could always use another pair of hands in case mine get blown off. And then he smiles again. (laughs) It's so creepy. I was like, oh. And then, but again, the personal dialogue is like, he's smiling. Why is he smiling? I don't know. Shut up. Why is he smiling? (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: that—that's what's so funny. The rapport between them is absolutely amazing, and I love that uh, where we get to, um, we yeah, where we get to uh, Mariner and Ahura. And Mariner is just not helping at all. She's like, Uhura's working, and Mariner's just there, just talking about
0: well, we, everything that she shouldn't be. We like, do She's get literally the,
1: telling Uhura about how good she is in the future. But <laughs> before
0: that, we do get that quick scene with Una, uh, where Boimler and Mariner are explaining, like, although Boimler was excited to be in his era, he doesn't yes. want to get stuck in his era. Uh, he wants to go back. You know, he's like, oh, meeting my heroes. I thought it'd be a blast, and it isn't a blast. And if we do stay here we'll have to stay off the grid and Mariner's yeah. just like no, no, no I thrive on the grid Una comes <laughs> yeah. over Una comes over and Boimler just does a fucking runner and Una's yeah. just like why does what, he run away
1: hilarious run in the entire yeah, world. I love like his little, run weird little awkward penguin run yeah down the I love
0: his run but then Una pulls up Mariner's just like why is he running away from me what does he know and he's just like oh don't worry it's just Boimler he's, he, he's got you on a poster in his bunk and she's like <laughs> so I'm a pin up girl and she's like uh uh, uh, sure the
1: poster is pinned
0: up yeah sure and she's just like i don't want to know so but then marina and Uhura, yeah so like meeting her hero and then realizing that at this point uhura is just a workaholic yeah. And that she doesn't know how to switch off and that she's 22 years old and all she does is work and she's supposed to have fun and she's got these expectations to live up to. And Mariner being Mariner, she's like, you need a break. Starfleet regulations <laughs> stipulate this. I know how to exploit them because there's a ton of regulations that cause you to slack off.
1: Yeah, the kid that allow you to slack off. And they
0: immediately go to the bar where she just makes cocktails. <laughs> Fucking love it. See,
1: now... I see, I love this scene, and I love the random little Easter egg that we have here, which is basically Ahura is, like, sat at the bar, meant to be having fun with uh, with uh, Mariner and Ortegas, who's there. Uh, and then instead, she's got a pad out, and she's basically just she's working on stuff. Yeah. But she scrolls past where it says Car- it's a page about Cardassians, and then a page about Bajorans. Yeah. And it's the idea of... Is this roughly the time that the occupation starts? Well, no. How far is this in relation to DS9? This the... is about 100 years before, isn't so it? So
0: this is 2259-2260. The occupation of Beja took place in around 2310, 2320. It was about 50 years of occupation. Uh, I think mm. it was around about the 2320s or, or, or I thought it was longer than fifty years, but yeah, yeah, it was fifty years. They were aware of the Bajorans and the Cardassians, but I think, I, I don't think, I think they potentially made contact with the Cardassians, but I don't think there were, I don't think, I think there was relationships, but it's a very weird one. So, like at this point, Bajorans and. I don't think Bajorans had warp drive. If I'm perfectly Isn't honest with you,
1: thing. So the hilarious thing is that they're aware of Bajorans, and this might even be the time that Bajorans like potentially.
0: No, no, it was way before that. They could know, have studied Bajorans. them. They could have studied them yeah. as a pre-warp well, species, but I don't. Well, Bajorans I don't... had
1: that. Cra- Remember the crazy episode where they basically have the Bajoran ship that can actually. That was a solar co- sail. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah they the solar have, sail. so they and didn't they
0: have. So they didn't have that, warp drive. Not... I think there may have been any it. Uh, to be yeah. honest. If memory serves, I think there may have been an exception for Bajor because the Prime Directive, Trek fact for you guys, the Prime Directive is General Order 1, non-interference of an alien species until they have developed uh, faster than light travel. Yeah. So basically, the rule of thumb would be, um, if a species has not developed a uh, warp drive, you would not make contact with them. You would not make first contact, but you could observe their development mm. and their evolution. That is what uh, xenobiologists, xeno, um, uh, xeno historians and archaeologists do. They they study mm. a species from afar. Beja, I believe, was an exception to the rule because although they did not discover, they did not have faster-than-light travel. They made contact with Cardassians in their solar sailship. Therefore, they were aware of alien species in the mm. galaxy. So they were the exception to the rule. So they did not have faster-than-light travel, but they were aware that yeah. aliens existed. Well, it but it's be never been fully that... exhaust. It's never been fully explored, though.
1: Yeah, it could be at this point that the Bajor like the Bajorans haven't been contacted, but they're being observed. But I yeah. thought it was just a nice little reference. But uh, Marino is making them a cocktail. What's the cocktail called? Orion
0: Hurricane, which yeah, looked and... delicious.
1: Wait, I just love the idea that, like, they're not supposed to be affecting the timeline. And then she's literally like, oh, here's a cocktail from the future, but I don't have half the ingredients because they haven't been discovered yet.
0: You know? Yeah. Like, I
1: haven't... I and mean, he's just like, okay, not even attempting the Orions have not me. traded
0: this with you yet, but I will I will try and make a closer proximity of it. Um and I'm like, holy shit. But I mean, Uhura's still working, and then she's just like, right, you know, Ortega's is like, during the claim on you needed to take any break you could. And Uhura, on a Girl, downs the entire drink. Yeah. And then as she's doing that, Ortega goes, Hey, I know th- it's like this language. I think it's Norsican because someone tried to sell me a Domjot table. And yeah. I love the reference to the Next Generation episode where Picard gets stabbed by the Norsicans. Yeah. You know, human, play Domjot. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, yeah, someone, it's Norsican, tried to sell me this like really ancient Domjot table, but it wasn't Domjot and it had this language. And then they realize that <laughs> the language on the time portal is ancient Norsican. So yeah. it was like, right, okay. The juxtapose of this scene is Spock and Boimler, where Spock is pulling him up on talking to Chapel, yeah. and basically saying he's trying to probe him for the like for answers of the future. Well, he's basically what did you say? Because yeah. she was
1: very unhappy. Like whatever yeah. you said really
0: upset her. But then Spock Spock's logic kicks in, and then he's like, "Well, I can't deviate from the path I'm already on, and I can't ask you because you will contaminate that path, and you know hmm. that could potentially do the timeline." all the while trying to do this experiment, um, they seal Very see sensitive a, experiment. Very sensitive they experiment. they basically
1: said that there's a 50% chance of success. Yeah. <laughs> and a 50% chance of it exploding and killing them.
0: He smiles, and then guess what? Kaboom absolutely yeah, I, I
1: love the idea that it's literally it starts sparking and spock just kind of does a brisk walk away he doesn't run he does a brisk walk away and, and boimler's just like why are you walking away and he's like i suggest take <laughs> you know and he's like oh just jumps behind the thing just how I love, calm spock love. is running away from this explosion. yeah
0: but then we see uh, we get a really good and scene then, here. well
1: we get a big explosion and it takes away a bit of the lab with them so they're yeah. not going to be able to try it again is the main thing so they're like oh well that's a that's one path they can't explore more
0: but we get a good scene in engineering where uh boimler is sat reflecting on what's going on and pelia walks in mm-hmm. um and boimler asks uh Pelea about the quadrature Kelly. Um, have we you know, been able to find more? And they're like, nope, this is it. This is all that yeah. we had. We've had to give it to the Orion. So this means, because we've sold it, the colonists who have been there for generations will have to relocate because they cannot yield any crops on this planet. So yeah. he feels absolutely awful. And Pellia just lays into it and he's like, what we would need is someone to time travel back to prevent you from screwing it all up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: and Which is true. Nice. Yeah, but Bormula's like Bormula knows he doesn't belong there and he's screwing up everyone and he's like I look up to everyone but I'm disappointing everyone and I'm letting people down. Pellier comes up with a quote and she goes, I knew a guy um, who said I, you know, I always pretend to be someone I wanted uh, until I became uh, that person or that mm. person became me that is a Cary Grant quote yeah. Actual Cary Grant. So, Pellier, new Cary Grant. gun on your yeah. lass. Well, I, I like the
1: idea, though, that eff- effectively the message that she's giving is the fact of he's looking at everyone in the past and being like, Oh, they're just normal people. They're not these massive heroes. And it's like, well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. everyone fakes it until they make it. It's the idea of everyone... like it's like Mariner seeing Ahura struggle like Ahura, you know we didn't mention earlier but basically Ahura is panicking because she's been told like what a massive thing she is in the future what a massive mm-hmm. influence and in the great work that she's known for and then it puts crazy pressure on her to be oh i've got to be this i've got to live up to be this amazing thing i've got to do all this stuff or whatnot And I, i'm struggling right now but that's the reality is the fact of if you can push hard enough, if you can go, hey, I am that person, I've just gotta make convince myself of it, that when you look pa- when you look back, all you're gonna see is the successes you've had. You know, all you're gonna see is what you managed to pull off. And that's very sound advice from failure, which is the idea of going, Hey, you might not think you can do it, but
0: just do it, <laughs> you know. Zephyrin Cochran's quote Don't try and be a great man, just be a man and let history make its own judgment.
1: Exactly. Exactly, and this is once again Trek with all the good, all the good advice, all of the, you know, realistic uh, mm. quotes.
0: So, Barnidor wants to fix things. Mm. Um, so Barnidor wants to fix things. He heads off to the shuttle bay of the Enterprise, balls a mm. shuttle. <laughs> Mariner is sat in the dark in this shuttle, and. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he kind of comes in trying to be all sneaky and stuff like going you know oh, I'm going to steal a shuttle and then immediately goes around the corner and she's sat there and he's holy like, oh, Q
0: <laughs> yeah
1: holy Q and she's like don't mention Q they don't know who that is yet. oh but
0: this this this, this, and this is another scene I freaked out about because this is another long held rumour but now it's confirmed mm. because he says holy Q she goes shh they haven't met Q yet they had a Trillane thing <laughs> Trelane, in the original series, right, was an omnipotent being who could control his surroundings, manipulate matter, and was basically the Q of the original series. And it was never confirmed, but it was confirmed in Beta Canon in books and stuff, that Trelane mm. was part of the Q continuum, but left yeah. it. This little throwaway <laughs> sentence... Confirms a thirty-five-year-old theory (laughs) that Trelane is a Q,
1: which is fantastic, and it's just like we say. Finally, a a throwaway line like that is amazing. To be fair, the original series had Trelane, but it also had what was he called? Johnny Five or whatever. What's the Johnny Five? You know, it's like the third episode where it's got the psychic kid. Who oh, with... he he. Yeah, but he's oh, pretty yes. much omnipotent.
0: He's pretty much a Q, like. Yes, and then he got hatch match and dispatched, and never talked about again. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's it. And he's just like going, "Oh, there's a lot of omnipotent people in the original. Well, series.
0: that's what you get when you smack uh, Yeoman Yeoman ass. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so, I, I again, this was a brilliant little throw, throwaway line, and then straight into another throwaway, uh, throwaway uh, line um, because... Well, there's two, actually, because they go, mm-hmm. I thought you were working on the translation. Oh, Uhura did it, and it literally just says, this is a time portal. <laughs> I love it. I love that bit so I much. fucking love that.
1: After all that effort...
0: This is a time portal.
1: just like the... And then Boimler's like... If lost, please return to, you
0: know. And then and then Boimler's like, this time is weird. Everyone talks slow and quietly. And I'm like, <laughs> if that's not a fucking Discovery reference, I don't know what is. <laughs> because they're even taking a piss out of Discovery for all the whispering and, and the <laughs> slow talking, which is yeah. what Michael Burnham is renowned for in Discovery. That and crying. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Um... But yeah, so Boimler's in the shuttle because he wants to be he wants to be a hero. He wants to fix things. He doesn't care about the future anymore. So, oh, straight in my notes is uh, spell-checked Orion's to Onions. Very strange. Um, the Onion Syndicate. The Onion Syndicate, yes, very appealing. On your
1: onion Slave Girls. Oh, yes. Very,
0: very appealing. Mm. <laughs> Multi-layered society. They'll make you cry. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Sour cream and Orion's. Feeling um, them will make you cry. <laughs> onion slave girls. Oh my god, the onion slave girls. Wow, <laughs>
1: it's like the cheeky girls but green. Cheeky Actually, girls. Would they be green? They'd be. What would they be? Green? Would they be yellow? What color is an onion? It's brown. White,
0: aren't they? Brown. Brown. No, brown. brown outside. One. Yeah, brown skin. Tanned yeah, tan skin. I don't know. They'd, inside. Inside. they'd be
1: streaked. They'd be streaked. That's what they would Look, be.
0: Look, they've got multi layers. So, um, yeah, so. He wants to send a message to the Orions to make a deal to get the grain back in exchange mm. for the portal, because he's like, Well, they've they've taken the portal, we're not gonna get back, there's no possible way for us to get back. Why don't we just mm. give them the goddamn portal, take back the Kaley, and save the colonists? Yeah. So as he's about to do that, Laan catches them, uh, they shit themselves and they are taken to Pike's quarters. Pike, again, cooking because he is just the ultimate fucking daddy that he Mm. is Um, it looked delicious by the way i've never wanted a carrot more in my entire life um (laughs) i hate carrots i know i hate carrots i wanted one yeah uh so they're at pike's quarters larn says you're lucky that uh monitors internal traffic and blocked it now there's a plot (laughs) hole with this um blocked it um pike just basically says i'm confining you both to quarters you let starbase one deal with you when we get back yeah uh, gives them an absolute dressing down um and then immediately goes He's to like boimler yeah I to quarters yeah. for the rest of I go and goes to then, boimler then stop telling them drop- about my birthday party. Oh yeah. Stop planning yeah. a birthday party.
1: Yeah and then then we go into why Pike doesn't want a birthday yeah, party. Yeah I love that. And- one. Yeah. And it's kind of spooky, this, where it's the fact of, like, you know, obviously, like we say, the joke is that they're doing a terrible job of not letting on about the future. But then, like, in this this scene, we basically have it where they're going, oh, you're sensitive because you know that you don't have long left you know effectively and pike isn't shocked by this and they're a bit shocked that he's not shocked because he knows like it's been yeah, yeah. P- pike's big story throughout strange new worlds is that he knows that something is going to happen to him and that he's going well he thinks he's gonna die i think you know he doesn't know the reality of it
0: but it's the idea of their kind of he oh, knows he oh, knows you know about that and yeah. He's like, yeah
1: but that's not the reason he, he the knows reason is
0: what's going to happen he doesn't know when he's going to die but he knows what's going to happen to him which will be immeasurably life-changing yeah so he's accepted uh, that fate and then he goes on about his father because the reason why he's a bit standoffish is because this is the first year he is older than his father when he was going to die and he left mm. things badly with his father and um, the you know they had arguments sometimes he downright hated him but he would give years mm. off his life just to have one more argument with his father and he's like once this mission is over i'm going to go to a quiet fishing cabin on one of the moons of set two i'm going to fish and i'm going to drink whiskey and i was like what a fucking man <laughs> this dude is but What's then
1: and he's gonna have that argument with his father Which is, you know, so basically... In his head, obviously. Yeah, he's going to get it. out. I love the idea, that the reality. It sounds really romantic. But effectively, he's just going to go and fish, get drunk on whiskey, and just scream at a cabin. And you're like, yeah, that that sounds like being in your 40s, I think.
0: I mean, during the COVID pandemic, all I wanted to do was find a log cabin, whiskey, and just scream. Yeah. (laughs) I don't blame him.
1: Anything's better than middles, bruh.
0: So anyway, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. Um, so So anyway, uh, he sympathizes with Boimler and Mariner and he's like, you know, I can sometimes imagine what it would be like to step foot on Archer's enterprise. And this triggers something in Boimler's head. Yeah. You can see the little lights go off and he goes, I know, I know how we can get home. They meet everyone in the ready room. Hold on, hold on. We've
1: missed out the amazing bit where, uh, where Pike is try- Pike is trying to dress them down, and then Mariner basically just goes, "Oh, he's just weird around you because he dressed up as you were for Halloween once." <sighs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they just go in this bizarre little conversation about how difficult it was to get the jawline the, right, the, the contour the jawline, gotta <laughs> contour the jawline, and then Boimler's just like, "It was a process," <laughs> you know. And it's just, it's just the idea of just Pike just standing there, just being like. What is this but he does he's smiling at it he's laughing at it but it's got to the point where it's gone from frustration at the beginning to just him being like okay (laughs) it's just such an amazing little oh
0: my god and this is the thing like guys if you haven't seen the episode it's just full you you have to watch
1: this episode even if you are not a usual fan of trek you will probably appreciate how stupid this episode is
0: it's stupid and wonderful But yeah, back in yeah. back in the ready room, Uh, is about to go into a limerick, uh, <laughs> and it is just like, I could just get to the point. He's like, Oh, I'll we'll lose the limerick. I just love that. he, Like, why? Why
1: did he decide to do it? like? Oh, oh yeah, I'll tell them through a limerick. There we go.
0: But then he goes on about how Uh, Mariner and himself visited the Fleet Museum. Fleet Museum, Atheum Prime, Star Trek mm-hmm. Picard. Yeah. Uh, to And they saw the N X O one in the Fleet Museum. Classic design, grapplers. And Mariners just like, they don't want to know about the grapplers. And like, I'm just a little off quip, just like, I love grapplers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: That's like everyone plays into the humour in this episode and it works so well between everyone. It's so good. I
0: love the fact that I love grapplers. <laughs>
1: oh man i oh, i really i really want God. to hear what everyone thinks about this i really oh. want to see what what i really want to see what
0: um i feel sorry mark thinks about it i really yeah want I, mark if you if you are watching this uh if you're watching it live or if you if you're just watching it record it please leave a comment <laughs> i want to know what you thought about this because i have said i have said from episode one okay of season two there is going to be some sort of enterprise callback because there were hints dropped all the way through. If this is it, I will be fucking happy. If it isn't, and there's more to come, bring it on. But, yeah, and I, I feel sorry for Trek culture because Sean and Chris have sort of had to like smash together an episode in the space of a day. And edit it and get it up in twenty four hours. Which their production quality, fucking hell, Chris. You need a big. You need a big Gregs to do all the effects (laughs) and everything like that. Should we
1: send him a Gregs? Should we send him like a Gregs? We'll we'll just start.
0: We'll start bombarding what culture's offices with just Gregs. I'll just go around and like I'll throw like a pasty at the door. If anyone wants to clip this, all right, this is a clipping moment. If anyone wants to clip this, what culture? We are huge fans of all of your shows. Wrestling, Who culture, Trek culture. We are huge fans. We love Sean. We love Ellie. We love Marcus. We love Chris, the madman. We love Tom. Let's not go wild here. Let's not go wild. Shh. We would love for you to come on our show and talk about yourselves and talk about Trek culture. If you don't want to come on the show, that's fine. However, we will provide you with Greg's.
1: The, 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 there's a steak
0: bake in it for you. There is like, a steak you know. bake. A steak bake? A steak bake. A steak bake. Steak bake. And maybe a steak sausage bag. roll. And maybe... Oh, hang on. Hang I can't. on. Oh, hey. Who's paying for this? You know, uh, and maybe... a sausage roll. They're like one pound fifteen now or
1: something.
0: I've got the Gregs app. It's fine. And maybe mm. a jam-filled donut. <laughs> the offer is there. The, yeah. What culture? I think we
1: should have lowballed this first. I don't know why you just come all guns blazing at the top of the. I am. We, the we wolf. can't go higher than that, goodwill. Yes, we, we, we don't yes, have the budget can. to go higher. Yes, a donut, a stick back.
0: I could just roll. see. I could just see Paul now going. What is he doing?
1: <laughs> That's the budget gone.
0: <laughs> we made fourteen pound last month. <laughs> why are you burning just... it?
1: Spent it on jam donuts.
0: That, my Lego budget is ruined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting the Thunder Tank now. Goodwill, you might have cost a, you might have cost yourself the Thunder Tank.
0: That right, was one caterpillar I, it, track it, 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 of the Thunder Tank.
1: <laughs> it is worth it though. If we can it is worth it. On, if we can lure them in, maybe if we get a desk fan and a steak bake and then sort of blow the air towards the what. Culture officers.
0: i will i will print off signs i will print off photos of all the what culture crew and just put them behind me as a homage <laughs> because we are a huge right we are a huge trek family okay there's what culture there's trekking up north there, there's shuttle pod show there's clone star there's so hill there is so many others there's clone star podcast we are one huge trek family that likes to talk about star trek one day and that day will come so help me god and spectrum sanctorum we will have the biggest podcast crossover episode it's going to be like avengers assemble with uniforms from Star you Trek.
1: Do, you do realize, though, and this is just a horrible realization I've got, we are going to be the Boimler and Mariner of that whole Good. thing. I will dye Everyone my hair else purple. This is going to be really professional. I will dye really my hair sort of purple. We're talented and clever, and we're literally just going to be like, you're silly shit.
0: No, can you be Tendi? <laughs> I want I you to be, be green. I'll
1: paint myself green.
0: I want you to be green. I'll be Boimler. I'll, I'll dye my hair purple. I don't care. Um, yeah. Oh, wouldn't it There's be like. a
1: race and in... Star Trek that are just eggs, are
0: there? Um,
1: um, I could be a shaved Tribble.
0: Young Geesians. Geesians, no. Yes. Don't
1: bring the Geesians From the geese-
0: planet Honk. It- honk. <laughs>
1: it's pronounced Honk.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yes. anyway. Back, back, to back to the episode. What culture yeah. called us? Back to uh, the episode. Yeah, so they basically it- explain that ships of the time period of the NXO1 used Heronium in their hulls. So uh ortega says so all we need to do is find uh, an, an old nxo one and pull it out of mothballs. and mm. they're like well no because the tradition in starfleet vessels is the next vessel to bear the name has a piece of the original vessel or the the pre- preceding vessel uh laid down as the first construction mm. which is a pro- it is a proper naval tradition so if you have mm. a if you have a vessel you when you lay the keel down you have a bit of the previous vessel in I didn't the know that. yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a naval um it's it's tradition. a naval tra- tradition so um that's French the, the end enter- tradition the aircraft carrier Enterprise had a bit of the old aircraft carrier Enterprise in its keel laid in mm. the hull uh, so it's, it's one of those traditions so it's nice to see that Starfleet have carried it on so what they're saying is we need to locate this bit of the NX-01 with the mm. Heronium alloy in it, and we can use that to send Boimler and Mariner home. question is, they're like, well, where is it? Because no yeah. one in the crew knows where it is, because it's one of those it's, it's things... It's like things. a plate or something. It's like a random, yeah. like,
1: oh, somewhere here, there's like a little commemorative plate. It's, or it's a one commemorative...
0: of those things where the construct like construction yards do it. So the construction mm. yard would place it. So obviously the current crew won't know where this is placed but it's, it's yeah. in there for good luck it's a good luck charm mm. so um mariner finds uh, explains I know where it is in engineering yeah. Pellier is kicking the fuck but off because they're taking I, 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 love,
1: I love the idea that she knows where it is because they went to a museum and that's the one bit of information that yeah. she remembered from the museum trip is she was like oh yeah I, I, I hated being there but I remember that bit so but they they go back to engineering I love the they go to engineering Pellier is kicking off she's kicking off and she has the wonderful the wonderful line of careful with my floor I use that yeah yeah at the end, it's like the floor, the, the entire floor. floor. Yeah,
0: but I love this. This is great little sub dialogue between Ortega and her and stuff like that because Ortega was a great admirer of Travis Mayweather, who was the first mm-hmm. helmsman of the nxo one. Yeah. Uh, she... a, a character that never
1: got enough time. Never I did. Never I, did. I, I will continue. Go. I will die on this hill. of I got really upset with Enterprise? How it just forgot about Travis and forgot about? Oh, my favorite character, Hoshi. Like it's just. But they mention both in
0: this episode.
1: Yeah, that's it. It is great it's because great, of, yeah, I think it's this thing where obviously the wonderful people on the shuttlebud show. Like, it's such a shame that Enterprise never got seven seasons it really really deserved yeah, yeah. and so it's kind of good that we're still kind of building on the lore and these characters retroactively now you know like
0: it's it's kind yes, of post or whatever it is it's it's kind of like and and sorry to to toot our own horn here it's it's kind of weird yet absolutely fucking amazing that we do trekking up north. We are fortunate to do this. And we know the shuttle pod, sure?
1: No, it's the sort of thing. We are all a big family. We are. We're, you know, you love chatting to, you know, you love chatting to everyone. And well, I do. What I do. <laughs> The Trek, the Trek community is so involved, you know, like the fact of they're not like a closed off thing where they're like oh well I won't talk to this person, I won't talk, to... it's the fact of everyone will reply to messages, everyone will do that everyone will think of something and then yeah. message it like all I do is troll Sean on Instagram, that's basically my involvement in the whole thing, you talk to people proactively, it,
0: you... like productively <sighs> Sean is wonderful though, I, all I, I... I do is just post cheeky comments on his Instagram and I'm like that's my involvement, Sean... I'm part of Trek culture, Sean is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> Sean is wonderful from Trek Culture. Mark is wonderful from that. The whole crew of the Shuttle Pod Show are wonderful. Uh, Connor, Dominic, Erica, they are just it's it's weird to be like talking about these people and be like, we've spoken to Mark Cartier mm. and we've done it. And it's just like it's it's so it's humbling, but mm. it brings the the Trek world closer and to hear in this episode Ortega's going on about travis mayweather being her inspiration and her yeah. high school gym hall being named after him and then uhura i i love this full circle of uhura going hoshi sato was my hero i wrote papers about it she spoke 86 languages and i'm like it's it's the closure we never knew it's like a minor closure we never knew we got that uhura was inspired by hoshi sato yeah and that is because for those that don't know hoshi I mean, sato why wouldn't you, you like she's amazing linda like, park was an amazing car- like actress yeah. and hoshi sato for those that don't know in star trek she was the creator of the universal translator
1: which is literally it's it's the equivalent of having the person who invented the warp drive like yeah. this as a character like you know it's the idea of every, something that is used in every single bit of trek like it's you know it's crazy it's like literally like you know the the inventor of the the microchip just being like oh yeah you're kind of big and everything we do is totally dependent on what you actually achieved and yeah and it's kind of crazy to think that the character didn't really got kind of sidelined in Enterprise. Yeah. But, uh, but I, no, I, it's absolutely wonderful that they're having this conversation and pointing out what the main message of the episode is, which is basically your heroes didn't realise they were going to be your heroes. Yeah. Like, Hoshi didn't realise that she was a big deal, whereas now Uhura is looking back to her as like, you know, a massive inspiration, and yet Mariner is looking back to Uhura being like, Oh my God, you're an inspiration. And as we see later, Boimler is looking at Uno being like, Oh my God, you're a massive inspiration. It's and that's the thing. It's literally every action you do in your life, someone might actually look back on you as a reason to do something, which is crazy to it's me. it's it's
0: Yeah. And and I will never know what that's. I mean, I'd, if if it ever happened to me, I would probably be very uncomfortable because I'd be like, "Why?" And I, mean, I think a mean, lot people of people are like that.
1: Well, don't go into it wanting to be, but basically, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, just like the fact of whatever you do in your life, whatever you achieve, someone might look back on that and see that as an inspiration. Don't it's try being great, of... man. Just be a man. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So they or, or be a fifty-foot like tall dinosaur. That's Adam. So they harvest the horonium. Yes, you're gonna need a longer tongue, um, <laughs> or not? I've heard he's quite endowed. So they harvest the uh <laughs> ah, oh, He's wow. going gonna to kill me for that. This is we have
1: been sidetracked. <laughs> this, this is fine. I'm going to. I'm calling it now. This is our worst episode. This is our. This is our like. What the hell are they talking about?
0: Episode is that a '90s uh, reverse psychology? Is worse as being good? I would no. This episode is bad. Bad. It's rad. So rad. Oh, okay. they harvest a heronium, They synthesize enough uh, for Boimler and Mariner to go home. In the transporter room, mm-hmm. Mariner goes up to Una and goes, okay, what I said may have been a little bit freaky, but he's literally, you are a pinup girl, but you are a recruitment poster for mm-hmm. people to join Starfleet. And Boimler explains, he's like, you know, I've got you in my book. You were the the inspiration for me to join Starfleet. Your recruitment poster, "Ad Astra Per Aspera," and you can see Una's face where they're like they put that on the poster. Yeah, and I love that because that's obviously the the episode two, um, "Ad Astra Per Aspera." That's yeah. what she used in her court case, um, and like, Boy still tries to make it uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. yeah. You're my pinup up in my bunk. I mean, I don't mean to... Oh, God. <laughs> but I love the part where, like, right in the transporter pad, and uh, Spock's like, live long and prosper and, and boiler. And he's just like, I where I also live and... Uh. <laughs> and he's just...
1: Yeah, and then he teleports before he finishes the sentence. Well, I, lo- I like the idea, though, that Spock is going, look, I'm going to be as Vulcan as possible here for the sake of your sanity. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God.
1: So, he, say, he sends him off, like, with a he's said a Vulcan, like, yeah. uh, farewell.
0: Back on the planet, the Orions, Joseph Seed, I'm going to call him, are at the portal. And, uh, basically, they're, they're, they're trying to talk down the Orions, as in, you know, standoff. There's a bit of a standoff going on. Boimler and, <laughs> Boimler and Mariner are just having a little witter on. And Pike's just like, earlier... We were yeah. trying to explain it. And they, they explained to the Orions, look, in our time, you know, we are time travellers, and in, 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 in our time, um, Orions are seen as more than pirates. Uh, you mm-hmm. are seen as scientists. Um, and our friend, um, her grandmother, served on your ship. And then, I can't I can't remember what they called Tendi's actual A- name. Andrea, Andrea. Isn't it? Andrea of the Winter Wind or something like that. Yeah. But then uh, the captain immediately recognizes that. He's like, I know that. I know that. And they're like, yeah, because yeah. her grandmother is on your ship. Uh, and Pike does a deal and he's like, okay, we'll do you a deal. We send these back. This will forever be known as the Orion's discovering, like Orion scientists. And he emphasizes yeah. scientists discovering this time portal. Mm-hmm. And just that little deal, that little Gesture is is all that the captain wanted. He's like, that's all. That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. And he steps back. I I I think that this is
1: so beautiful, and it's also I think this might be the change in the timeline in terms of. Do you think? Like, I think so because the fact is, like, it starts the episode starts off okay Mm -hmm. with Boimler being like, "Oh, Pike discovered this," and then Tenby being the one being like, Tendy being the one going like. Oh no, it was Orion scientists. But then what they're doing here is they're affirming that it is Orion scientists. So you think that in the future it'll be actually altered. history. That it's, yeah. yeah. And I think maybe they have altered the timeline in this little bit to thank the Orions. But I think the best thing about this though is how infamous the Orions are, how infamous mm-hmm. the Orion syndicate is in Trek. And throughout this entire episode, every time the Orions were there, I expected them to act like pirates and betray people. And I fully expected in this scene, they were going to be like, oh, you're time travelers. OK, well, we'll kidnap you or something. I fully expected a double cross or them to kick off or something to happen. And then it doesn't. They literally stand down because they want to be known for not being pirates. And I think it was wonderful that I fully expected the worst of them and they demonstrate that they're bigger than that. It was brilliant. That's the whole point. Like it, it and it, it's yeah, I don't know how to phrase that properly, but it's the fact that that's what it did to me and it made me really happy because we haven't had nice Orion characters. Like if throughout all of Enterprise, they're always double crossers. They're always people who have a plan. They're always sort of like brutes effectively in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and so it's wonderful here being like no there's some of them that want a different life who want to be scientists it's great
0: so the crew of the Ceritos walk back to the 24th century boimler straightaway where goes to tendy you were right well, no, the, the hilarious thing is that they're going to go they're getting up to the portal and then they
1: can hear Tendi's the, the voices on the other side being like oh don't worry we're going to come through and get you and no, no. Like, no, <laughs> no 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 no
0: no no yeah but
1: yeah and then they but they get through the portal and then like yeah and then yeah. it goes back to being a cartoon
0: it makes it makes a point of reaffirming to Tendi that yes it was the orions that discovered it back in back on the ceritos uh, they're in the bunks and uh, Boimler references these old, those old scientists and Mariners like why do you keep saying that and it's like oh it's no, something no, why, why do you keep saying TOS, like T-O-S? yeah TOS it's a, it's a callback like TOS area it's a callback to episode 10 of season 1 of Lord Decks where Jack Ransom who's the first officer who's also mm. Jerry O'Connell uh, from Sliders um, yeah. they are visiting a planet uh, which was featured in the original one of the original series episodes where it was controlled by a computer I think it was the animated series. I do. I do apologize. Um, And he goes, oh, I love those TOS guys. And um, Captain um, Freeman basically Mm. said, why do you keep calling them TOS? Oh, I like to call those, you know, all those guys of that era TOS because it stands for those old scientists. <laughs> and I love the way that Star Trek, in itself, is sort of retcon TOS to actually mean that era, but in a way that's ad- admiring those old scientists. Like it's Wait, the old it's scientist the fact, era.
1: It's the fact of the characters. The characters in Lower Decks are basically just massive fanboys of Trek. Yeah, and the whole all the jokes are basically fanboys of Trek. But then they're in Trek, mm. so they're talking about stuff the way we would, where we'd be like, oh DS Nine or TOS or whatever. And then they have this little cap catcher, uh this little you know you know, catch all of basically going, Oh yeah, the reason why we're mentioning TOS is
0: not a, not the original series like it is to us. It's those old Those scientists. old scientists, yeah. And then I, I love this little that little file bit where ransom comes back and he's like, Oh, numero oh no, the hottest first officer in Starfleet. Uh, and I sat down and I was like, You have to say it's that because that's your wife. Is, yeah. Boimler's
1: boimler has got his poster out basically, so we get to see yeah. the poster they're referencing, where it's got Una on it, and it says uh, the the tagline above and whatnot, and yeah, and
0: it's but it's yeah, <laughs> it's Jerry O'Connell for for those who don't know Rebecca um I can never get her name Romo R- R- I don't know Rebecca R- R- Rums- I've never R- R- tried to say it out Una loud. the 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 character that plays Una is actually Jerry O'Connell's wife in real life, so. <laughs> There's been a running gag since uh, Strange New Worlds started because (laughs) Jerry O'Connell's father spent a day on the subway in New York next to a poster of Strange New Worlds approaching everyone and going, that's my daughter-in-law, the first officer (laughs) of the Enterprise. (laughs) Jerry O'Connell saw this, freaked the fuck out because he went, all right, Dad, so your son... (laughs) <laughs> who is the first officer of the Cerritos means nothing to you. So yeah. it's kind of a running joke, but to, to acknowledge that Ransom thinks that Una is the hottest first officer in Starfleet, it's sort of like, you have to say that because that's your <laughs> wife. I love that. Um, but then they also find out, because Ransom drops the ball, that Mariner volunteered the team and volunteered yeah. uh, to, to lead the team to the time pole. Well, she, she didn't volunteer. She fought for it. She really oh, yes, wanted she to do
1: yeah. the. Uh, she really wanted to go and see the portal. For after Boimler. Her, yeah, for Boimler, but basically, uh, you know, after all the stuff at the beginning, basically being like, oh, I don't care about it. No, I got stuck doing this job or whatever. Where yeah. she has actually done it for him.
0: But then the scene closes and we see that the Three Toss is warping away and we think, oh, that's the end of the episode. or is it because the next scene is an animated enterprise (laughs) with an animated strange new world crew oh my god
1: yeah where we get to see all of the usual cast of strange new worlds animated yeah animated and it's just a wonderful little thing where everyone gets to speak it's a bit sinister like seeing pike animated and like the lips the animated lips moving with his words an amazing it's coiff, kind of though. weird an amazing quaff yeah yeah they, they all look amazing i love how lan looks lan looks
0: great oh I, i'm just trying to i'm looking for the ticker to run across because i've, I've added it in <laughs> as like the last thing but have you they 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 traded a uh, proper orion liquor to create proper Orion hurricanes, and they're all having yeah. the drinks, and they're like, "What's in this drink?" We all feel weird, like, and, and Ortega's is like, "Is my am my eyes bigger than that? What they should be?"
1: <laughs> yeah, like, Huge card. is
0: like, "I feel a little bit two dimensional," and Spock's arms just start to get really long, <laughs> and then we hear Umbenga, probably the loudest I've ever heard. Umbenga just going, "What's in this drink?" <laughs> it just it's a
1: wonderful little easter egg it's a wonderful little sort of you know bit at the end because they didn't need to go oh they didn't. what would they look like animated but it's a wonderful bit of fan service it's
0: loving. this whole <laughs> episode was a loving loving tribute to Star Trek fans, Lower Decks fans and Strange New Worlds fans and it was sort of uh, fuck it I will say it the best episode of Star Trek since 2005. I will confirm that. I will sign that.
1: <laughs> Is that... You're going with that? It's, it's a goodwill
0: think... seal of... It's not the seal of approval. It's the walrus of excellence. <laughs> um, I adored every little thing about this episode. And holy shit, what a way for Powerman to drop it early to make everyone who reviews and has podcasts put on whatever uniform that they could find yeah. and, and get reviewing it as quick as Why? they could.
1: Did they do it early? It you was, said it was
0: because of San Diego Comic-Con. It was, yeah. The edit it at San Diego Comic-Con, so to avoid spoilers, they just dropped it for everyone on Power Plus. Right,
1: okay. I and then know. they
0: were like, ha, 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 you're not going to wait very long because then episode eight's out on Thursday and then the musical episode is out next week. Yeah. Subspace Rhapsody, where we are going to get a full-on musical episode of Strange oh, New Worlds. It's going to be unhinged as fuck and i can't <laughs> wait but guys that was our review of episode 7 the greatest star trek episode since 2005 thank you so much <laughs> for everyone i know you're all waiting for me to game tonight and read some more sonic the hedgehog fan fiction but this just couldn't wait we needed to get it out we needed to pour our love for for this episode and both uh, series of strange new worlds oh, and, and in
1: your faces
0: we will be back this Friday live talking about episode eight. I am going to be so exhausted by Friday. Oh my god, it's mm-hmm. going to be great. It's I'm loving Strange New Worlds. I am just loving doing all this. If you are not a member of Nerdy Up North uh, on the YouTube's, give what, us you a, what, what you doing? What you doing with your life? Subscribe to our channel. Give us a like. Tickle that bell. Caress the notification button. Like like a little (laughs) tribble. Like a little newborn Mm. tribble. Give it a caress. Caress. A lick, maybe. All Mm. of our socials are down in the description below. Spectrum Sanctorum, Clone Star, Trek Culture, Shuttlepod Show. They are all down there. The lovely 15 and a half foot tall behemoth of Adam. All of his music Mm. is down there. Give him a follow as well. That's it for us Mm -hmm. for today. Until we see you... On Friday at seven thirty,
1: we'll meet, meet again. again.
0: Don't, Don't know where.
1: Don't
0: know where.
1: Well, actually, here and on
0: Friday, seven thirty p.m. BST. Yeah.
1: Until okay, that, that really wasn't a very good
0: analogy. So that was an adi- sure. that was an adequate analogy, yeah. which is sort of like us phrasing. <laughs> but until then, thank guys, you so much, everyone. Thank you Thanks so much. Until then, though. Shit shit <laughs> shit
1: that's why you need the tappy deltas that's why you need a combat
0: captain goodwill to uss anacut two to beam up miles <phone rings>